Hi, everybody. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and periodically even some off-topic things, most of which we cover on a Friday, open line Friday. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I am the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, and this is episode number 165 for Tuesday, March 16, 2021. Most of the time, we cover uh, more of the current conditions and short and medium range forecast type uh, episodes and uh, topics on a Monday. But yesterday, I was pretty busy. We got a lot of stuff done. And uh, yes, for those of you that are in the Cleveland uh, area and able to watch Fox 8 News, um, for the last couple of days, I've been doing the uh, 7 and 10 p.m. broadcast, and this is the season where we're starting to get some spring breaks and and people taking some time off and... um, uh, and that kind of thing. And uh, so as a result, uh, from time to time, not often, but from time to time, uh, I uh, make the decision to go ahead and, and kind of make life easy uh, for my comrades and moving uh, myself around. So uh, tonight I'll be on at 10 p.m. Just as an FYI, I will return to my normal shift on Fox 8 News at 5 and 7 p.m. this coming Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And for also another kind of interesting little twist, on April 1st and 2nd, which is a Thursday and a Friday, uh, I will be doing Fox 8 News at noon only. Uh, and so I tend to move around when the need arises so that uh, we can make the schedule make the most sense for everybody at Fox 8. Well, let me talk a little bit about snowfall, because I have two things related to snowfall, maybe three, and the first is a look at the current seasonal uh, totals for the major uh, places, the major airport reporting stations across Northeast Ohio, and it goes like this. Now, once again, Hopkins Airport has uh, 43.2 inches for the season. We should be at 59, so that means we're well under a foot, well over a foot of a snowfall deficit, and uh, specifically it's 16 inches below normal. Now here's the interesting thing. Down in Akron, Canton, they have 46 inches for the year so far. That is almost five inches above normal. How about that? And Youngstown was a little above normal until we got to today. They're just a hair below. Essentially, they are inside the zone of what we would call normal. They've got 53 inches. So most of the snowfall, or at least a little bit more, has occurred to the south. And uh, not even in 
comparative, not even uh, taking into account the climatological averages, I guess is what I'm trying to say. For instance, Cleveland is at 43.2 inches, Akron Canton 46, more. That's unusual because obviously Hopkins Airport, much closer to Lake Erie, with the propensity to get some lake effect, even though it's on the far west side, not as much as the usual east side locations in Youngstown. And this has been for a number of years now. Youngstown, considerably more. 53 inches for the year. Again, Hopkins Airport, 43. So there have been 10 more inches in Youngstown compared to Cleveland Hopkins Airport. Very, very interesting indeed. Well, I mentioned on Fox 8 News at 10 p.m. last night that something happened on Sunday Uh, for the last time this season. And that's something everybody was kind of scratching their heads. Well, what is it? It's the fact that Holiday, uh, not Holiday Valley, but uh, Alpine Valley, uh, Boston Mills and Brandywine uh, had seen their last skiers come down the slopes. They were actually open on Sunday. And it's interesting to note that uh, I actually drove past Alpine Valley on Sunday afternoon And it survived the four days of 60s and 70s that we had last week. And uh, the reason they did so well is because in the month of February, it was so cold that they made a ton of snow for the slopes. And for those that are not aware, the man-made snow lasts longer than the natural snow for a number of reasons, the amount of air and and uh, the nucleus on which the snowflakes are made uh, tends to hang on to the ice a little bit longer. At any rate, they made so much snow that when we drove past it, all of the slopes were completely covered with snow. In fact, very little, if any of it, was dirty snow with mud starting to get pulled up which is often the case as uh, you start seeing the warm-ups of March uh, and perhaps even into April for whatever's left on the slopes, but not so yesterday. In fact, when we were driving towards it from the east yesterday or on Sunday, uh, it looked a lot like Snowplex. Snowplex is a ski area down in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is a part of the campus of Liberty University. They actually have a sheet of artificial snow, uh, but it's not cold snow. It is uh, a snow which is impervious to melting. And the first time we ever saw the snowplex, and this is kind of a side note, we were driving down to Lynchburg to take a look at the campus for our son, who uh, was uh, looking at colleges. This was in the summer of uh, 2014, I believe. And just as we uh, pushed into Lynchburg from the highway, we looked, and it it was nighttime, and almost night, it was twilight, but it looked like there was a ski area above the campus of Liberty University with, you know, the, the white uh, areas. And, of course, it was in the summertime, so we thought, well, it looks like a ski area, but that certainly couldn't be because it was in the 80s. So we kind of dismissed it as uh, something we didn't quite understand yet. And the following day, during the tour... And um, when, at that point, 
the the then president Jerry Falwell Jr. got up to speak to the students that were there or potential students. He said, "I hope you all noticed our scaria behind us." And I went, "Yeah, that looked like a scaria." And he went on to explain that it was the only scaria in the United States with that kind of uh, type of uh, artificial snow that can be skied on year-round. As a matter of fact, the ski area actually closes when there's snow on it because it's simply too slippery uh, because of the artificial uh, snow that is covering those areas. And uh, we took a close look at it. It's just a fascinating thing. If you ever find yourself in Lynchburg or even near Lynchburg, Virginia, which is just east of Roanoke by an hour, go check out Snowplex. Uh, and it uh, it's an easy drive from the campus. It is truly fascinating. And you will find skiers there in the summer snowing on snow. So uh, that's what it looked like yesterday at Alpine Valley. But they were actually skiing. But as of today, they're now closed until next season, sometime maybe as early as November, but probably closer to December. We'll have to wait to see what the weather uh, holds out then. If it is conducing to snowmaking, usually uh, they open up a couple of runs um, if they can make enough snow on cold nights. But that remains to be seen. So are there any scarias open Yes, there are, but you're going to have to drive in western New York. Peak and Peak is still open. They have a base of 15 inches, and they have 5 out of 10 of the lifts operating. Holiday Valley, a little farther out, they have 18 to 56-inch base still, and they have 10 lifts operating during the day and 7 at night. Uh, So they're still open right now. And what about totals as compared to Cleveland? Cleveland total, again, for the season, 43.2 inches. Well, at Peak and Peak, they have received, up to this point, 98 inches. And Holiday Valley has uh, picked up 128 inches for the season. I just saw a tweet on uh, Twitter from... Uh, my longtime friend, Mike Saika, he is the meteorologist at WIVB Channel 4. He uh, is the longest-running uh, meteorologist, longest-running television personality in Buffalo, uh, in all of Buffalo. Uh, he's been there for like 35-plus years, maybe going even going on 40. So he's been there uh, quite a bit. But he tweeted a map that shows that the Thursday system, the one that's going to give us rain on Thursday, will actually change to snow in western New York. So uh, Holiday Valley and Peak and Peak might actually see a couple more inches uh, this coming Thursday and extending their season. I would imagine that they would be open this weekend. So uh, take a look at their website if you're a skier and want to get some spring skiing conditions in. Let's talk about the the flow in the United States, and that flow is interesting. It's, uh, it is uh, looking like the La Nina pattern will host a split flow, what we call a split flow or a split jet stream in the United States uh, up and coming in the next two to three weeks. What that essentially will do is keep the major storm track to the south, and that it means cut off low pressure systems 
coming out of New Mexico and traversing Texas, Mississippi, uh, into Alabama, Georgia, and then off the East Coast. That will keep the snowfall pretty much out of Northeast Ohio. Not the cold, but uh, it'll keep most of the serious snow out. But that kind of a split flow also means trouble for the south central states and the southeast states in terms of severe weather. So watch for some outbreaks, uh, severe weather outbreaks, tornadic outbreaks from Texas to Georgia in the next couple of weeks. So uh, keep that in mind. Two more uh, points of interest. And this will take us in into another another part of the world, and this is China. China has, or at least parts of China, China is very big, but parts of China and a good chunk of China has seen quite a dust storm develop over the last couple of days. And if you want to check out what is uh, very apparent on the Himawari, uh, Himawari rather eight satellite, which is essentially the equivalent of our GOES, or geostationary weather satellite, over there in China. You can check it out. It is clearly visible, the the dust plume that is, uh, behind an area of low pressure in China, and it's quite a wide swath. Apparently, uh, the likes of which has not been seen in a very, very long time in China. So some interesting weather goings on there. One more thing from the National Weather Service in Seattle, Washington. And uh, once more, I'll put these pictures on the show notes of episode number 165 of weatherjazz.com for those that want to check it out. It'll be there. It is the glow of sunrise as seen from Seattle looking to the west toward the Olympic Range. A beautiful photo. Again, tweeted by the National Weather Service in Seattle this morning. Uh, Beautiful glow of sunrise. And uh, obviously, sunset is later and later and later now that we are in uh, daylight saving time, singular. Uh, That is the correct way to say it. Uh, it's interesting. We're, we're only saving one thing. I guess that's why they say the correct pronunciation or the correct vernacular is uh, daylight saving time, singular. At any rate, uh, it's nice seeing the sun set now um, after 7.30 in some cases and, of course, on its way to just after 9 o'clock uh, on the or near the longest day of the year in northeast Ohio. Well, that'll pretty much catch us up for right now. We will hopefully have another uh, episode tomorrow uh, dealing with a uh, science topic. I believe I have centered on what I'm going to be talking about. You'll have to tune in tomorrow. should be interesting. But it uh, deals with an interesting phenomenon in the upper atmosphere. No, I'm not talking about the aurora borealis but something else, and it's got an unusual name, too. We'll talk more about that uh, if I'm able to uh, pull that off tomorrow. I think I will, so uh, look for that, a new episode on Weather Jazz tomorrow. Well, that will do it for today. Hope you enjoyed this update on current, short-term, and medium range or medium-term forecasting parameters. 
Help me to spread the word on these podcast episodes. Again, Mondays would be current weather conditions. Wednesdays typically will cover a science topic. And Friday is free for all. It could be anything. So be on the guard uh, for literally anything and everything that uh, might catch my interest. Or, uh, of course, that means that you can get involved too and ask your questions. And it could be anything. It can be science-related weather-related, astronomy. It could be personal in nature. And there are two ways that you can make your questions known. You can email me, weatherjazz at yahoo.com, or you can now call me and leave me your question on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, 234-525-5888. Again, 234-525-5888. Incidentally, I'd like to thank those of you who have partnered to support Weather Jazz, Victoria Singer in Vermont, Will and Tanya Krause, Christine Barnes, and Rose Moore, all from Ohio, Bill Martin in Florida, and Andrea Rich in Tennessee. Get your name to that list. In fact, do it this month, and you're going to find the links on weatherjazz.com. Any episode, look down towards the bottom. Anyone who becomes a supporter at any one of three levels, the first of which is 99 cents a month, will get a copy of my autobiographical timeline book, The Extra Mile. And remember that once you do become a supporter and sign up, send me an email at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. That way, I can get the information that I need to send you your book. And that is valid for the next couple of weeks now through the end of March. You're going to find the links at the bottom of this episode, episode number 165 at weatherjazz.com. Well, if you're listening to Weather Jazz via one of many podcast apps, remember to subscribe. That way you can automatically download every episode as I make them available. And if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area or plan to visit, Simply traveling through, maybe you can catch my 5 and 7 p.m. weekday weather segments on WJW Television, Fox 8, or online live at fox8.com. That's most of the time. Obviously, tonight I'll be on at 10 p.m. Daylight Savings Time, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Okay, we'll catch you hopefully on Wednesday, tomorrow, right here with another engaging episode right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. Weather Jazz Podcast.